Welcome to Paris Good Food and Wine. I'm Paige Donner, the host and producer. This food and wine show is being brought to you directly from Paris, France. Here, we give you a taste of this delicious world with all its colorful and diverse personalities that make up the Paris culinary landscape. So, sit back and relax and enjoy Paris good food and wine. For our 20th episode of Paris Good Food and Wine, here at the start of season three, we'll be hearing from two acclaimed artists whose work intersects with food and wine and also the luxury hospitality industry. First up, we'll be hearing from Ara Stark, who spoke to me this past summer when we coincidentally found ourselves in Pila-sur-Mer, just outside of Bordeaux, in the area known as the Bassin d'Arcachon. She contributed a stunning piece of stained glass artwork to the new resort Haitza. The resort was interior designed by her father, the renowned Philippe Stark. And while the interview focuses on her work, she does afford us a few of her own observations about this, his latest luxury beachside resort. I, I know, of course, my father's work. I'm always pretty much astonished by everything that he can create, but this time I was blown away. Next up, we talk with Arno Fogas. He is a native Bordelais who has adapted his artistic talents of illustration and watercolor to the world of wine. My father was uh, a wine merchant and I had spent some time in uh, the States. All my friends were fascinated by the wine industry, the wine world. It was not as known as it is today, I guess. And um, I thought illustration was a good way to explain things in a few words, just drawings actually, to explain the complicated process of the wine. When you're next in Bordeaux, be sure to drop by the CIVB bar Avant which quite simply translates to wine bar, located right at Place Cancans in the center of town. There, displayed prominently on the walls, you'll see Arnaud's works of art, which render the world of Bordeaux wine into a fun and whimsical lifestyle. Paris Good Food and Wine is brought to you by Paris Food and Wine. Download the travel app in the App Store and on Google Play today. Paris Food and Wine travel app offers you exclusive tips, deals, and daily specials on all the best restaurants, hotels, bars, and excursions in Paris. Download the app today. So, Ara Stark, here we are. We're sitting in this um, gorgeous, you know, just opened resort. I have to call it a resort, Haitza, here in Pila sur Mer. And you did a lot of the artwork. You know, of course, your father did the design, and but you contributed significantly to the artwork, or you're the sole artist really here featured. Let's, let's back up for a second. And can you tell me why, why is Pila sur Mer close to your heart? And tell me a little bit about your history with these resorts, including La Corniche, just up the road. Um, so basically, this is a place in my heart. 
for many reasons because the whole area here I've been coming here on family trips on family holidays for many 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 years and three years ago I got married at La Corniche with my lovely husband and um, that's even even before started the relationship with William and Sophie that I love dearly and these bounded us together even more so that's the main reason you know the La Corniche I, I think a lot even when I mention these you know Pilar Samir to the Bordeaux people known as the Bordelais, they, they instantly say, ah, La Corniche, you must have lunch up at La Corniche. From the eyes of a designer and from the eyes of somebody who recognizes the beauty of that place to an extent that you chose it as your place of marriage, let us enter into that property through your eyes a bit. It's basically, I think, the most beautiful view in the whole world. It's as easy as that because there's a lot of hotel, a lot of places which have a sea view, but this one has the open doors of the ocean from the Bassin d'Arcachon to the Atlantic Ocean. And that creates a landscape that you would not see anywhere else because you have those whirlpool of, of waves when the weather is not good or even just a bit like, uh, you know, cloudy and thing. You have those massive waves of cloud coming through that and you're in the you're in the middle of something with a huge force and a huge poetic impact that I've never seen anywhere and you're on top of the highest dune of Europe I don't know the meters but like it's the highest I know it's the records um, so it doesn't exist anywhere else and that's something of course for a painter it's important but like for any other people is just the most magical place on earth. I can see why you would recognize that. And then I can see then why you would have been so, you know, so drawn to work on this project. Now, now tell us how you got involved in working on Haitza, which is, you can't even really call it a sister property because though it's only five minutes away from La Corniche, it's truly its own atmosphere. And I, I really have to call it more of a resort. I think calling it a five-star hotel doesn't even come close to the beauty of the atmosphere that's been created here. So tell us how you got involved in contributing your artwork here. So you're completely right. This place, it's his own personality. And everything comes from Sophie, actually. Sophie and our um, relationship, as I say, that we bonded through all these years, uh, that we always wanted to work together. But then, you know, Sometimes you want to do things, but there's probably not, you know, the the space for it or something. So when they asked me to do the stained glass, which I've never done in my whole life, first it was a challenge, and I love challenge, and I thought it was going to be the most poetical thing I could do, because it's all about, it only exists by the lights that come through it, you know, so it changed every day. It's a bit like the tide in front, you know, sometimes you have a landscape which is very high tide, so everything is calm and everything. And, and then suddenly the water goes down and you can walk where normally there's water. And it's a bit the same with the stained glass. You have, you arrive in the morning, you have something very vibrant. And then throughout the day, you know, and the, the sun comes down and the color changes. And it's something that's, it's, it's not controllable. And I love that. 
So that's quite phenomenal. I mean, you're such a an accomplished artist, and yet this was the first time your first venture into stained glass. Yes, because I'm normally with my paint, my brushes, my oil uh, in my studio on my own, and and mainly painting on very large scale painting for ceilings or for floor. So this one was the first time and it was a whole different process to learn and to understand prior to do the first sketches to the final painting because as I said, as it only exists with the light that go through, you can't think of it as the same way as a painting which is very opaque. You have to understand different layers and um, that was a bit of a, yeah, a challenge. It's fascinating to hear an artist speak about working with light. I mean, you know, there's so many different ways. Actually, painters always work with light, either the light that you want to represent or the light that's going to impact your painting. But this time, the, the light is just as the center of your project. Where did, now, I know you're based in New York with your American husband, right? So, now, where did you actually work on this project? Did you, did you spend some time here by the beach, or did you work in your studio in New York and then fly the pieces over? How did, logistically? I worked in my studio in New York, and then everything was sent in Nantes to incredible craftsmen that do stained glass, you know, that they are the one tainting the glass and putting the little iron pieces around it and that's why it was even more rich this project because it was two craftsmen meeting each other me with my painting and them trying to understand me as well and so when we met and we finally made these uh final pieces it was really out of just respect for each other's, each other's savoir-faire you know it was really a kind of symbiosis that's, yeah, that's wonderful. I mean, especially, too, the way that craftsmen are, are held, you know, in like the, the tradition of craftsmanship here in France is held in such high esteem and, and so respected. It must have been a wonderful experience for an artist like yourself to... Yeah, and because I, I, I don't really believe in the, in the uh, word of artist. You know, artist is what? It's a pose. It's something that I don't feel like an artist by, you know, how we understand it today. I'm more a craftsman as well. I paint. I try to do my work as best as I can with the tool that I chose, which is painting, which is oil and everything. So when you meet somebody else who has another savoir-faire, it's amazing. Now, not to turn the dial onto a different, different location, but you know, you are there is a lot of talk now um, in terms of the of the you know the international press, not just the French press, about Le Maurice and the the design refresh that they've that they've just done. Now that's worlds away from Pilas sur Mer, you know, this beautiful little enclave, you know, right just outside of Bordeaux by the beach. But there are they are both high end luxury properties, so in that sense they they have something in common. But can you just say a few words, if you would, about the refresh at Le Maurice? Because I know you are, you did the ceiling, so already, I mean, in two thousand and seven. So what what was added or what was done? In um, so actually, the there's there's really a common ground actually between those two projects by the human factor. It's, again, another um, human relationship. That's why we started something in 
2007 by doing the ceiling. And now in 2016, we continued the project. So I re-intervened on my own painting. They closed the hotel for 55 hours. I was glued to a, not a ladder, a whole scaffolding. And I just added another, what I called another layer of enigma, another layer of mystery by adding those sentences and those words that if one starts reading at that corner or the other corner, it's not the same meaning at all. So I'm not giving you the key. You have to make your own story. And then there was the floor as well, which was an echo of the painting upstairs, which was already dealing with the theatricality of the space downstairs. But I wanted this kind of movement that a hotel can create by the people that comes in and comes out on the floor as well. Fascinating, yeah. That I have to. <laughs> but I've done uh, here. I've done the ceiling as well of the bar, which um, which, I, is, which is just behind us. <laughs> which is just behind us, which I'm very happy about because doing ceilings, it's I don't know where it comes from, but I love it. Large ceilings, probably because I'm short. You know, I've got this complex of my height. I don't know, but every time that I can work on the ceiling. So when Sophie said. I want a ceiling in the bar. I was like, yes, of course, you'll have it. And the idea of this bar, the, from what I understood, the, the atmosphere was going to be this cozy bar, but like mixing so many different continents, you know. For certain, it could be a bit Brazilian warmth. For other, it could be a bit like African vibe. For other, it can be something else. So I had all these kind of thing in my head that I needed to translate without making, you know, like a final decision on where it would come from it was like all this m mixing of experience mm. and that's definitely what you get you know actually that kind of I'm tempted to ask you uh, you know a question which would be you know your father's work you know really well and and he's your father so but how would you describe to somebody these wonderful um little nooks and niches that you just alluded to. I mean, we're sitting here in the African-themed salon, like oh, almost like a almost like somebody's living room in their home. You know that who brought back a lot of uh, artifacts from from their African safaris. And then, of course, there's that Brazilian area. And then there's you know the bar. And then there's the rooms, which are like a little fisherman's cabin. But I mean, those are my words. I, can you describe to somebody? I actually. I'm always, I'm more like on the viewer side because I, I know, of course, my father's work. I'm always pretty much astonished by everything that he can create. But this time I was blown away. I didn't see anything before prior to even my intervention uh, on the ceiling or my stained glass. I didn't know the project because it's not that I didn't want to, but, you know, we're working on so many different things, and sometimes it's quite nice not to know. So I can really, like, focus on my own thing and concentrate. So I arrived here exactly as you discovered it. I opened the doors like, oh, my God. Um, so it's true that there's so many different area, so many different place within this place that can fit your mood depending on the moment of the day. And I think this is one of the richest thing you can have in a, in a hotel. We've been staying here for now three days. Now, 
I still don't even have a routine because I discovered so many things. I discovered the the little couch here, which is very um, comfortable with a beautiful little lamp on top of it with a perfect light, with a bougolon coming from Africa, which just brings something so warm. And then you turn and you see those beautiful pictures those books that you want to open. I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm a, a kid in a candy store. And not even mentioning the pool, which is just mesmerizing because everybody feels comfortable. And that's what I like in this place, and which is the quality of, of my father's work as well. You always feel comfortable. You never feel um, uh, conscious. You always feel like you're you're the actor of your own life. You know, like... You're entering there and suddenly something creative happens in your mental space. And I think that's the best gift somebody can give. Yeah, no, you're, yeah, you're so right. That is so well said, you know, especially in terms of, of entering into, into a, an area of hospitality, a hotel. It's like you instantly feel like, like at home, like you're, you know, at some family member's, member's home. I could not believe all the, the fishing lures that were assembled for the cafe just across the street there. I mean, I, I mean, what, like, what's your, you know, what, like, what's your take on all those fishing lures? There've got to be, I don't know, a hundred thousand fishing lures. In there. I actually, um, I asked that question yesterday because I was uh, astonished by the amount. Um, there's 1,200 which were all hand-picked and hand-placed, of course. And that, that is crazy because that's the, 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 the real beauty of it. It's all in the detail. And suddenly when you arrive and you uh, arrive in this room, you're going to have dinner, but you look at the, um, at the ceiling and you see all of those. And it's the reminder that you're in front of the water, that there's fishermen that actually fish the biggest fish ever uh, because it's at the door of the Atlantic and all these things it's there's so much respect with the area and with the history of the place as well that it's nice because even if you don't know the story suddenly you have one little hanker that can trigger something in your head or even makes you want to ask someone you're so right. It really makes you want to know more. It really makes you want to know more. Now, shifting the, the dial again a moment, what's on the horizon? Are you just going to take a little bit of time to breathe and relax? I know we're you know right in the height of, of summer, but I mean, what's next on your agenda for artistic projects? There's going to be a lot of projects. I just um, finished, we just opened uh, a vineyard called um, Les Carmes Brillons that was designed and uh, built by my father and Luc Arsène Henry. And I've been asked by the uh, owner of the chateau to make, to paint the first wine cellar. I, I don't know if, how it's called. It's the, where they actually keep the wine and make it mature for long um, months or years or. Well, like uh, in French, the chê, is that? It's, it's a, it's a chê, but uh, what I painted is the fût. Oh, the the barrel. The barrel. But this one is like, I think, five or six meters high. And it's in concrete. That's where they, they keep because they have so many different ways of keeping in wood, in metal. And this one is in concrete. And they decided that each year they would ask an artist to paint the one of the year. And so at the end, I guess they will have like 
a kind of museum of uh, all the Fu painted. And I made the first one. So That's quite an honor. That was really an honor. And again, it was very challenging to work in a different environment like that. Otherwise, multiple projects, most of them I can't really say, but it will be coming out soon and uh, in the U.S. mainly. Wonderful. Well, we'll we'll definitely keep track of of the things that are coming up in that. And I mean, I really have to say, I mean, everyone has to come to this resort. It's just so beautiful. It's it's a place of holiday within the holiday. It's really heaven within heaven. It's uh, you can stay just there and not move for five days, and you're on holiday. <laughs> Ara, thank you so much for your time today. I'm Paige Donner, your host of Paris, Good Food and Wine. Next up, we'll be speaking with artist and illustrator Arno Fogas. This episode has been brought to you by Bordeaux Food and Wine. Download the Bordeaux Food & Wine travel app in Google Play and the App Store. Find us at BordeauxFoodAndWine.com. Let's just jump in and start start this. (laughs) Okay, so Arno Fogas, you are such an interesting artist. I mean, there isn't an artist who isn't interesting, but you are born and raised here in Bordeaux, and in fact, here we are sitting in the CIVB, the, the famous Bar Avin, and also the headquarters for Bordeaux Wine Bureau, and you're the featured artist here. I mean, your artwork is featured all around this lovely place. How did that come to happen? Well, it did happen a few times already. I think this is the fourth time that I've been invited here. The fact is that um, since I came to um, art pretty late in my life I was 30 already and um, I discovered I could draw I could do interesting drawings I mean they were interesting to others and um, one of the first topic I did was wine my father was uh, a wine merchant and I had spent some time in uh, the States all my friends were fascinated by the wine industry the wine world it was not as known as it is today I guess and um, I thought illustration was a good way to explain things in a few words, just drawings actually, to explain the complicated process of the wine, the making of it, the growing of it, the taking care of it, its culture, its geography, its history, or the personality that attached to it. And uh, drawings was a, a good shortcut for that. So I came here for the first time about uh, 10 years ago in CVB. They were convinced. I did a mini, uh, mini job for them because, you know, as I said, drawing is a good way to explain things. When you talk about wine, it can get pretty complicated, uh, pretty obscure sometimes. And uh, if you describe wine, you can go very fast into um, a lot of uh, big words and great explanations. Uh, drawings is just pleasant to the eye and goes straight to your head. 
You know, that is a mark of your work because, you know, this is, uh, of course, this interview, people are going gonna to have to describe your work until they go and look at some pictures. But and which, of course, you know, anyone listening has to go and look at, at your work because it's so full of fun. You know, that's exactly that, it's wonderful that you um, made that point because you're right. Wine, especially Bordeaux wine, can be so there's just so much to learn and so much to know. And it's such a serious and centuries old business. So you put the fun in in wine, especially your you know your illustrations. Talk to us a little bit about those wonderful series of cards that you did uh, based on Saint-Emilion. Yes, the card. It was um, it's great to make postcards because you reach out to a lot of people. They don't have specially to buy a book or something, but you know it's in very public places, so it's great. And the idea was to do. Um, you know, like, like when we were children and the teacher would take out a big map and explain to you that uh, they were making iron there or they were shipping there or they were doing this on a map of the country. And um, my idea was to do in 12 uh, pictures, short, quick, illustrated explanation of the wine world covering the wine tasting, the different wines, the wine areas, what else, uh, the fun part of it, the going with food, the... Um, I don't remember, a few like this. Well, I found 12 of them. I could have done 24, but 12 was the uh, beginning. So, you know, to send a message all over the world. No, they're, they're really collectible. They're, they're great collector items. And I know you also have books, and you have these beautiful, uh, original, you know, il illustrated paintings that you see, uh, you know, watercolors that you see here in the CIVB. But you're right. There's something that you can just sort of take in and pack, pack into your luggage when you're here, those cards. You know, I have a question for you, Arno. Um, do you find that maybe the Bordeaux wine world is a little bit more receptive to artists representing the world of wine here, B maybe because of the tradition with the you know, Mouton Rothschild and how they put an artist on their label? Or is it as stuffy as we might imagine other, other wine regions? I don't know. Yeah, you mentioned Mouton Rothschild. Isn't a fantastic idea this uh, Baron Philippe had like many years ago now, almost 50 years ago, to, um, to put together wine and art. And he did it in such a wonderful way and spontaneous and interesting. Um, I think art and wine are two very different worlds. Uh, they go well together. Sometimes they don't go well at all. But um, what I do is uh, I see it like um, handing a hand over people and he talks about wine. You see what I mean? I'm Paige Donner, host and producer of Paris, Good Food and Wine. We've been talking about wine, so and you, are, you render beautiful illustrations of both the wine world in, in, here in Bordeaux, but also kind of like the everyday life, like certain scenes of Bordeaux. And one place in particular, Cap Ferret, you have done some wonderful illustrations too for one of the little fishing villages down there. Now, your inspiration came kind of really mo mostly from the oyster beds, or where where did you draw your inspiration for the wonderful illustrations you did of the oyster bed life, the fishing villages in Cap Ferret? Well, it's um, it all comes from um, where every, everything comes from, childhood. You know, I was spent as a child there with my parents in the perfect cocoon of this very original landscape that is uh, Bassin Arcachon. It's a very soft landscape and um, very well, very appropriate for children because the air is sweet, the smells are good, 
there are not too many people you can make uh, your 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 exploring everywhere it's a, it's a really wonderful place for a child even though probably a lot of places are wonderful for children but yeah those pictures they came from there and um What's funny is that when I made them, I realized how lazy this place is because everybody over there just wants to relax and be happy and eat oysters and swim. And, you know, there's no aggressivity from the weather either. The sand is soft. The people are easy. The Yeah, it's really the easy going. And that's why I tried to capture in those pictures. Yeah, you you certainly did, and it was. Um, it, if I get this, if I have this correct, it's in the v little village of Lerbe, on the in, in Cap Ferret, and you can find your your photos at the your I mean your your illustrations at the what was the name of that that hotel? L'Hotel de la Plage. It's a very interesting restaurant. It's been started by uh, Nicola and Stacy. Even though the place has been here for a very long time and was almost a legend. You have to imagine 15 years ago, not so many people were going to Cap Ferret. Anyway, Nicolas is at the head of uh, seven restaurants now. And he embraces almost the whole uh, picture of the Aquitaine because he has restaurants in Saint-Emilion, in the middle of the Union, right in the heart of Bordeaux, where he's been a trendsetter for almost 15 years now. Uh, he's got another restaurant in Arcachon, two in Le Cap Ferret. So he really follows the, the Bordelais and the... The, the difference of uh, landscape and product because all these products are from here and uh, the area has at least a dozen of products that you, you wouldn't find the same quality as well like oysters, the beef from Bazas um, you know, the, the duck of course the truffles, the mushrooms I mean it's a very busy place here when you try to, uh, to understand all the food you can find here now, two more questions for you, Arno. Where can we find your work, say, when we're here in Bordeaux, but also when, once we've left uh, this beautiful city? Where, where can we find, you know, your work? Where can we follow, follow you and, and purchase some of your books and original works or prints? Well, it changes all the time because I don't have any dedicated gallery. Uh, at the moment, I'm... I have an exhibition going on in uh, Washington, D.C. at the uh, Stanford University on Connecticut Avenue. It's been going on for six months and it's going very well. And uh, why in Bordeaux? You just um, drop me a line, you know, right on my email. And uh, it's a small place and we can meet easily. And, you know, it's a one-to-one. -one. There's no um, nobody between us. And there's no gallery with uh, unknown artists and pictures on the wall. It's a one-to-one. -one. I think uh, maybe to this day I know 99% of the people who bought my pictures. And I like it that way too. Yeah, the website is... Um, so it's my name, Arnaud, A-R-N-A-U-D, Fogas, all uh, together, you know, F-A-U-G-A-S. It's um, .net. That's the site. Great, great. Well, thank you. I mean, it's, uh, it's a real privilege to meet and speak to an artist, a born and raised Bordelais artist who, is, who has garnered a considerable success. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Paige. Paris Good Food and Wine is brought to you by Paris Food and Wine. Download the travel app in the App Store and on Google Play today. Paris Food and Wine travel app offers you exclusive tips, deals, and daily specials on all the best restaurants, hotels, bars, and excursions in Paris. Download the app today. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Paris Good Food and Wine.
A big thank you to all who helped make this show possible. And especially a grand merci beaucoup from me, your host and producer, Paige Donner. You can find this and past episodes of Paris Good Food and Wine on iTunes. And remember to follow us on Twitter at Paris Food Wine and like us on Facebook at Paris Food and Wine.